0: My goal is to empower you with information, inspire you to make changes that fit you, and feel 100% supported along the way. So settle in and make yourself comfortable, and get excited to learn and take action for a better, healthier, more energized life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Motivation Made Easy podcast podcast. I am Dr. Sean Handorp, and we have a fun episode today where we're gonna be talking about how pressure and expectations impact your motivation, and what March Madness has to teach us about our relationship to food and our eating habits. So, we're in this episode, we're gonna talk about um, my sort of thoughts as I was watching March Madness basketball, and what we can learn from this sport about motivation. We're then gonna look at how we can understand the role of diet culture, pressure, body shame, and how it impacts our eating habits as well as our exercise habits by looking at the experience of other types of pressure and expectation. We're gonna talk about how to reduce excessive pressure and improve internal motivation for the changes you want to make in your life, and at the very end, stay tuned because I have a fun fact about a basketball player's eating habits and how it relates to intuitive eating, which I just thought was kind of funny. Do you ever worry that you're wasting your life? I definitely did. In fact, I wrote that in my journal many years ago when I was in the middle of the diet binge roller coaster ride. I woke up every day thinking about food, my body, and what I would eat that day to quote unquote be healthy. The notebooks I had filled with calories and points could fill up a spare bedroom. Social events and vacations immediately prompted the thought, they will notice I've gained weight or I need to lose weight by then. Deep down, I knew I wasn't living life the way I wanted to, but I didn't know how to pull myself out of it. If this is you. I want you to imagine what it would feel like to feel empowered in your body and proud of your choices on a consistent basis. I promise you this is possible and it isn't too late. You see, dieting steals our motivation. It makes us ineffective and lose faith in ourselves. It keeps us spinning our wheels in a system that was never built to work. If you're ready to take that first step to motivating yourself with what matters to you, download my Cultivate Powerful Motivation Guide which is quite beautifully designed if I say so myself, and walk through the simple three steps to cultivate motivation that works for you in 15 minutes or less. You'll get a simple formula to write one sentence at the end that you can use to motivate yourself on a daily basis. You can write this sentence on your bathroom mirror, put it on the background of your phone, or just read it and repeat it in your mind consistently. Look, I know how much it hurts to live a life worrying that you're missing out, not stepping into the person that you were truly meant to be. You can listen to the podcast all day, but taking that first step, putting pen to paper or typing on your phone is required for true lasting change. It's time to start living, my friend. So it's 100% free. What are you waiting for? Grab your free guide today at drhondorp.com forward slash motivate. That's D-R-H-O-N-D-O-R-P dot com forward slash motivate. And before we dive into today's episode, just a reminder that this podcast and corresponding blog are for informational and educational purposes only and should not ever be construed as any form of professional advice. If you are struggling in any of these areas or trying to figure out how this applies to your specific situation, always consult a professional for guidance. All right, let's dive in. He looked so incredibly relaxed and confident. The dude was clearly having the time of his life. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Doug Eddart, guard on St. Peter's University basketball team. You may or may not know who Doug is, but prior to this past March Madness tournament, I'm almost sure you didn't, unless perhaps you are his friend or his relative. So Doug is one of the players on the St. Peter's University basketball team. This is a team that recently became the first 15 seed to reach the Elite Eight in the men's NCAA basketball tournament. And I was struck with all the games that I watched, and I watched most of the games in the tournament, um, at least the major ones. Doug just looked so incredibly happy, relaxed. He looked like most of the time I saw him, he was having so much fun and simply enjoying the present moment, enjoying the challenge, enjoying the opportunity that he was in. So just to give you a little context here. So St. Peter's had already, by making the tournament, accomplished so much They had only made it once before in school history back in 2011, and they made it this year in 2022. St. Peter's is a private Jesuit university located in Jersey City, New Jersey, and the school has 2,637 students. As a comparison, they played the University of Kentucky in the first round, who lost to St. Peter's. In the first round as a two seed and Kentucky was one of the top favorites to win the entire thing and Kentucky the last year had an enrollment of 22,227 students so 22,000 compared to 2,000. As the game between these two teams went on it became very clear that um, as it became more clear that St. Peter's may win you see the Kentucky players getting more tense less relaxed, certainly not having fun. And again, as you watch Doug and the St. Peter's team, you know, even as they went on to the next game and the next and they eventually lost, they didn't make it to the Final Four, but they greatly surpassed their expectations. Most of the time, they just looked like they were enjoying themselves. You know, not all of the time, right? So... Yeah, I was watching I was watching Doug and, you know, happy for him and his team and just the you know, the it's always fun to watch the they call it the Cinderella story of the the lower seed teams going far. Um but it made me think about the impact of expectations and pressure and how they impact our motivation and what we can learn from this about eating and weight loss motivation by looking at how pressure and expectations affects us. So, you know, many times, just like we're talking about the case above with the Kentucky players, pressure and expectation might make it harder to enjoy the moment, enjoy the journey that life presents us, if you will. And this is particularly true when things aren't going our way. So, for example, if you're in a chronic dieting cycle and you perceive yourself as having a lot of failures, with weight loss. This is going to be associated with more pressure, stress, and if chronic can lead to more anxiety, depression, burnout, and other unwanted consequences. And I'll make a quick note here to say that pressure is not always bad, right? Like even in many times in sports, the pressure of a competition can motivate us to really practice it a lot and really practice the fundamentals and so pressure is not always bad but we need to look at when it is bad when is it really negatively impacting us and what can we do about it so let's talk about this as it relates to eating and exercise habits if you've been hanging, me, hanging out with me for a bit you've seen or heard me talk about internal versus external motivation and using a specific behavior so it isn't about the amount of motivation, you're not motivated or unmotivated, but it's the type of motivation that really counts and is really most important. So if you go to the blog post for this episode, you can link to that in the show notes, you will see an image where we have an example behavior. The example behavior is eating a salad for lunch. And on the left-hand side, we have stress, guilt, and diet mentality, and we have a red circle that... It, has some examples of why you might eat a salad for lunch. In stress, guilt, or diet mentality, you might be doing it because you feel a lot of pressure to lose weight. I need to lose weight now, a lot of urgency. You might feel like I'm doing this because it's within my calories and I need to keep myself in check and I need to be good and and all of those kind of thinking patterns. Or you might have more internal motivation. And in this image, we have a green circle on the right-hand side. Associated with more freedom choice and feeling in control and so here you might eat a salad for lunch because it's the best choice for Your goals and your life or you might say my goals and my life to yourself Or you might say I just enjoy salads and I feel best when I eat this way This is a I feel really good when I eat this for my lunch those would be really internal reasons for doing a, a certain behavior and so as I've often say, it doesn't, it's not that having a salad for lunch is like the end-all be-all. It's just one example. So you could implant any habit here as we're trying to, to understand this. So when we're living in guilt and diet mentality, shame mode, it's really, really easy for a salad, having a salad for lunch to become a sh- a should or a chore. And although we Likely can do it for a while because of this expectation. I really need to do this to lose weight. I really need to follow this plan. And this is really underneath this. This is driven by, much of the time, by society's expectation of the things you want to get by having a smaller body. And if you have not heard me talk about health as a motivation and how health is often a should, um, it's worth Checking out some of my episodes about that. Um, episodes drshawnhondorp.com forward slash one, two, three, and four are some of our foundational episodes. Um But it's really hard to develop intrinsic motivation for healthy habits that we might really enjoy. Like you might love salads, but because it's so much of a should, you can't actually fully enjoy it. You're not actually in the moment and when we don't eat in, you know, in the moment and fully enjoy our food, we're likely to be hungry soon after. Um, when we perceive our food as diet food, there's good data to suggest that we're gonna be more likely to be hungry, less likely to be satisfied, not just psychologically, but on a biological level. Our hormone ghrelin does not go down as much as it should after we're satisfied with a meal. So psychology and biology are intimately linked here. So you may or may not ever have intrinsic motivation to have a salad. Like maybe you just don't like salads and that is completely fine. But again, that's not really the point. It's the fact that many people, certainly myself included, people that I've worked with over the years, have such a hard time figuring out what the heck they actually like because of all the shoulds, the pressures, and the rules, and the things that they've heard about what's good for us and what's bad for us. And they have, you know, really lost that lack of trust in themselves. They certainly have a hard time enjoying the journey of learning, relearning to listen to their body's signals and figuring out and what their own unique preferences are, because there is no eating style that makes sense for every human being. We are so, so unique Eating is so ingrained with emotions and culture and enjoyment and pleasure and and who we are. And so it's essential that you and your preferences need to be a part of the equation. And the shoulds and the pressure greatly impact that. So that's an example for eating. And hopefully you can see the, the way that pressure and shoulds you know, sometimes can motivate short-term behavior change, but it's not going to really allow you to figure out what works for you long-term and it kind of enjoy the process. So again, that kind of intrinsic motivation that you you may have for certain types of eating styles or certain types of exercise, and we'll talk about an exercise example right now, um, it's just squashed based on, based on the pressure and the expectation of, Quick weight loss, smaller is good, and, and all of the messages that we get. Okay, so let's shift focus to one other example and look at how expectations impact motivation for movement or exercise. So I want you to consider two women walking into a exercise class. Well, for this example, it'll be a yoga class. So both of these women really enjoy learning new things. They have tried a yoga class in the past and they thought it was really, it felt really good and so they both want to come to class to get further guidance on how to do the the poses and get some, you know, real-time instruction. So the first um, example woman is named Autumn. Autumn is in a smaller body. She, um you know, has just naturally, genetically um, tends to be in a smaller body or a thinner body. And she looks up a studio online. She sees images of other women who look just like her in the yoga class. And she signs up for the class. She comes to class. She sees an instructor with a similar body type to her. And many of the women in the class also have a similar body type to her. Although she's relatively new to yoga. She's able to relax, enjoy the process of learning, taking instruction as feedback, and um, just kind of having a nice time. And so she starts coming back regularly and she really likes it. Now let's take a look at another uh, woman who's interested in yoga, Jessica. So Jessica happens to be in a larger body. She um, has actually lost weight and regained it after losing about 80 pounds with a pretty extreme calorie-focused medical weight loss program. But as this almost always does, the weight returned and um, she gained a little bit more weight. She's feeling very uncomfortable in her body, very ashamed. So she also looks up the exact same class on the website and sees women's bodies uh, who do not look like her. She is reminded that she's not really meeting the yoga body expectation. She really wants to get more flexible and reduce her stress. So she's like, I'm going to go. So she goes to the class. She's anxious about coming to the class. And she's anxious throughout much of the class. She's often thinking about, how her body looks and poses. She's having a hard time focusing. Um, very few people in the yoga class have body types that look like her, and she's having a really hard time focusing on her changing body. and you know having a hard time focusing on the actual function of her body and the poses versus trying to really be in the moment and make the learning process enjoyable. So, with these two examples, you can see that, The pressure that society places on us, even though body diversity is a fact, the fact is that there are some bodies that are going to be smaller, and there's some bodies that are going to be larger, simply based on genetic diversity. And yet, automatically, the pressure and expectation that you should be smaller places an inability to actually often go to the exercise class, but even if you get there, enjoy it Enjoy the process, and there's, as we know, so much power to being in person. I think we, I don't know about you guys, but I'm noticing it more than ever in my life how um it's hard to be isolated, and and I think many of us are looking forward to continuing to re-engage with the world. And yet, when the pressure exists as it does in our society, and unfortunately, it's not going to go away, but we have to understand it, name it and say, how can I reduce the pressure, and that's what we're going to talk about in a second here, reduce the pressure to fully allow our personalized healthy habits, whatever that looks for, like for us, to take root um, for us. So So let's talk about that. So what do we do? What do we do about this? What do we do about the fact that pressure and expectation makes it much harder to make these changes? So let's first just talk about a few things that could cause the pressure. So we already covered social expectations and messages, either overt and obvious or covert, like just the fact that, you know, there's not body diversity displayed on websites or, you know, I mean, it's getting a little better in the media, but we have a long ways to go. Really just even looking at in the world, how different body diversity actually is, versus what is shown in the media. Other things that cause pressure are upcoming events, like an upcoming vacation and a wedding. Um, I know that that's a pressure for a lot of people, just attending one, or certainly if it's your own, that can be even more pressure. Pressure from new diagnoses, like diabetes, can cause shame. Anxiety about future health consequences, which can further increase this stress and pressure. Cruel or negative comments from people in your life about your weight or appearance. Internalize negative self talk. So, internalizing the self critical thinking patterns that um, we're kind of told if you can't control your eating, it's your fault, and internalizing that. And much, much more. So, Those are some things that can cause the pressure, high expectations. So now let's talk about how we can reduce the pressure and enjoy the journey. So number one, we do have to explicitly name the things causing the pressure. And so we want to notice where the pressure is coming from in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Is it a phone call with your mom? Is it seeing your friends post pictures in their bathing suits on social media that causes Anxious feelings about summer and pressure and expectation you're putting on yourself. Is it the ways that you are talking to yourself about your body? Is it an upcoming event? Like we were saying, just name it, uh, state it out loud to another person, ideally, or at least get it out of your head and down on paper. And just note, the thing that I'm putting pressure on myself is fill in the blank. Next, we're going to remove the thing that causing the pressure, if possible, So if you know me at all, you know I'm a big fan of deleting social media, or at least spending less time on it, or just taking it off your phone, which is what I do. It can go a long way to reduce stress overall, because so much of the pressure we do feel, that is one place that it is reinforced. Um, And if you notice yourself having thoughts like, I need to lose weight before summer, Taking a breath, reminding yourself that your body is okay right now and you can continue to learn to take care of yourself without an urgent need for weight loss. Number three, we want to develop resilience to diet culture messages. As much as I would love if the messages went away, they are not going to anytime soon. And so we want to notice and talk back to the BS thoughts that tell you that your body is not okay. You want to surround yourself with people with diverse bodies and diverse experiences as much as you can. And like I said, even if that's just changing who you follow on social media or if you can, finding an exercise class that has a variety of types of bodies on their website or in their class, um, can further reinforce and remind you of that fact that there are a lot of different body types in the world and that's a wonderful thing. Number four, you can really lean into learning mindful eating or intuitive eating. I, um, You can grab one of the amazing resources on this topic. The book Intuitive Eating is a Great Start. Um, I actually recently outlined all of my favorite books here to improve your relationship with food in a recent episode. uh, So you can get that link in the show notes and get to learning and, you know, really leaning into what works, which is getting in tune with our body's internal signals. And finally, I always mention, because it's crucial, finding more supports who get it. This could be a friend who's also interested in learning about this approach. It could be a counselor, a coach, a therapist, an online community. No matter how much resilience we build to them, diet culture messages are and will likely continue to be incredibly strong because there's a lot of money behind the industry trying to get you to feel bad about yourself so you'll buy their perceived solutions. And so... Finding whatever you can to help counteract these messages, counteract this pressure, and remind you you're on the right path to getting in touch with your body and finding true health and well-being for you. So those are our recommendations to reduce the pressure and enjoy the journey. And as promised, before we finish up their episode today, um, I wanted to tell you a fun fact about our Doug Eddert that we're talking about. Um Apparently, he's very picky. There was a outside the lines um, interview with him where he's uh, admitted that he's incredibly picky and he will not eat any kinds of sandwiches. So not only is he intrinsically motivated to play basketball, he can also teach us about, you know, rejecting the idea that the the sports community online thought it was very weird. He said he's never had a rap. He will eat Italian bread separately and chicken separately, but he will not eat them together. The sports world is very baffled by him, but he says, I do not cave to your pressure and I will eat what I want. Apparently, bread and chicken dry separately. At least that's maybe not dry. I don't know. Um, So that's our fun fact of the day. Uh, I just wanted to to share that with you because it made me laugh. So, um, All that being said, I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to talking to you soon. If you're anything like me, you may at times really feel like there's so much pain in the world that it's pretty overwhelming. And even though I do my best to avoid the news, it's hard to avoid feeling helpless at times that you can't do anything to make positive change. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's one positive change that I've made in terms of where I buy my books. And I'd invite you to do the same. Bookshop is a website that supports local bookstores near you as well as affiliates that work with them. So if you buy through the bookshop link, you're going to be supporting local bookstores near you in the U S and Canada, and you're going to be supporting my blog and podcast. It's kind of like a tip jar. Did you know that if nothing slows their momentum, Amazon will have about 80% of the book market by the end of 2025. Look, I have Amazon Prime. I love the convenience, but this is a super cool way that you can do something positive with where you buy your books and support some really positive causes. Make sure you check it out. You can find all of my favorite books about health and wellness, but also about topics like courage, vulnerability, and even some of my favorite fiction and kids books for the times when you just need some fun, downtime, or some meaningful stories. My recent favorite is related to improving the quality of our lives and the way we use technology and really doing so from a value-based place. No pressure. It's not going to tell you that technology is bad. It's just going to help you to evaluate for you where the pros outweigh the cons and where they don't. So if you believe in supporting local, controlling the things that you can, please consider buying your books through Bookshop and through the Psychology of Wellness link. You can find that in the show notes, or you can go to drshawnhondorp.com that's d-r-s-h-a-w-n-h-o-n-d-o-r-p.com forward slash bookshop thank you for tuning in today your time is valuable and it means so much to me that you're here despite the title of this podcast many of our topics are not always easy Change is hard and let's face it, life and truly looking inward at ourselves can be uncomfortable. That's why I'm grateful, grateful for you and your willingness to listen, learn, and keep an open mind. I invite you to learn more by going to drshawnhondorp.com or finding me on Instagram at psychology.of.wellness. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would be amazing if you could give it a review so more people can find it. Thanks, and I truly hope you have an energetic and inspired day.